Welcome back to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Do please stay connected. You can write to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you are welcome to DM me through the at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Anything and everything to do with this podcast or the entertainment industry itself, I look forward to hearing from you. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the greater Los Angeles area, my guest is a musician who plays guitar with the bands Night Versus and Head Cave, with the former being signed to record labels in the U.S. and the U.K., and the latter having released a six-song EP earlier this year. He has also made his mark on Twitch, where he does live songwriting and streaming, and he has put out releases from those sessions, including a 20-song effort at the end of January. He is also a Blackstar Amplifiers artist and has built a social media following that includes over a quarter of a million combined video views on his official YouTube channel. You've been hearing a song by Night Verses called Vice Wave. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Nick DePiro. How's it going, Bruce? Great, great. Good to have you here. Thanks, Nick. Of course. Happy to be here. It's a given that we will start every episode of this show by having the guest talk about the song that was playing during the intro. So in this case, share with us all about Vice Wave. Yeah, Vice Wave. Um, so that's one of my favorite tracks from our last record, uh, from the Gallery of Sleep by Night Verses. And basically, I feel like that song is a cool representation of kind of everything that we kind of go for in our songs. I think it, you know, we're, we're an instrumental band, so... I feel like the flow of that song just kind of, you know, it was a fun one to write. It's one of my favorite ones to play live. And uh, it's always one I will usually show people to kind of give an idea of what, you know, you might get, what kind of music you might get from our band. I like that. I like that. Kind of the calling card, the band's calling card. Yeah. And I think I'm sure that varies per member of the band, like what each person would represent <laughs> ourselves with. But uh, that one always, I don't know, it always just kind of worked for me. And it's kind of funny because that song, uh, you know, we we do our best to always finish our entire record before we go into the studio and have, you know, as much of it, um, you know, recorded, like at least a demo version of the songs before we go do it officially. And that song wasn't even finished when we went into the studio and ended up becoming uh, complete. Like while we got there, we kind of finished the final parts of it, um, including the bass. You know, Riley, our bass player, I don't even, he didn't even have that ready yet because he had just heard it uh, not long before that. And uh, it was an interesting, interesting way it came out. And it ended up being one of my favorite ones, which is cool given that process. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And this is interesting to me because I guess kind of by accident, I feel like I mainly have solo artists on this show. And here you are, you're the guest. And we're talking about later in the show, some of the songwriting that you're doing on Twitch. Yeah, now you're talking about being in a band environment. And I wonder what that whole process is as it does relate to creating these songs because we're going to think of Nick as the songwriter and it's, well, wait a minute, I'm just a, I don't want to say just, but I'm a member in a band. There are other people around me. So does that mean that you're driving the boat on the songwriting or is it a very collaborative effort? Uh, so it's actually very collaborative. That's one of my favorite parts about Night Verses and writing with those guys is that we all contribute a lot to that project 
And there are times where I might start something off or I might provide a like a bulk of a section of a song. But I always assume and kind of uh, rely on Eric on drums and Riley on bass to step up whatever idea I might have if it included drums or bass to start because they are going to do something that I would never think of. And, uh, you know, even if I get I might attempt to get into their territory of creativity on those instruments, but only because I've been playing with them for so long that Mm -hmm. I'm kind of assuming what they might do to support my idea potentially. And then they could totally take it on like a different path. And uh, I love going down those paths because it's something that I think provides so much more like creative options when you're working with other people. And I, I respect their ability so much that I would never like there's no egos in that band at all. So it's like very easy to bounce ideas left and right off each other and like never you know, worry about like if someone doesn't like something I provide, I know that they have something to suggest alternatively that I will probably also like. So it's a it's a very fun process in that way. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds cool on so many levels. Number one is just flat out the camaraderie and you saying, I know these guys so well. Number two is a continuation of that, which is I know these guys so well that when I'm writing a song, I can kind of anticipate what this band member will probably do. But number three cool part is them coming along and doing something that because that is their specialty, they're in their wheelhouse, they go, you know what? Actually, Nick, this is what I had in mind. This is what I think I would play there. And then you go, wow, like I thought my idea was all right, but that makes the song even so much better. Yeah, exactly. That happens all the time too. Um, (laughs) Especially like with, with bass, I feel because I, as a guitar player, I think you naturally can sort of play bass well enough to like get your point across. Yeah. Um, but even though I feel like I have gotten better at writing and recording bass, um, whether it's, you know, without a pick, like put, trying to play it with my fingers, like a, a good bass player would do. I think, uh, Riley just has a different like mentality when it comes to creative bass lines and how he fits into the rhythm of matching drums and stuff like that. Um, he just is, you know, he just does it in a cooler way than I would do for our band. So I always like, you know, setting a tone for what I think would be good for guitar and then hearing what he does always like, you know, it, it it's inspiring to hear. And it's also fun because for me, I know it's not there. It's not done yet when I send them something. So it's like I know that there's going to be something else that happens that is better than whatever I just did. Yeah, I'm um, nodding my head like a freaking bobblehead over here, agreeing with everything that you're saying, because you can kind of picture in your head, here's Nick playing guitar, and then he says, well, wait a minute, I can kind of rough out what the bass parts are probably going to be. You start playing those top two strings in your guitar and saying, okay, this is probably the bass line that we'll end up with. Now you're getting into percussion, so now you're starting to think of what the drummer's going to do, and then the whole thing blows up in a good way when you take it to your bandmates, and they go, uh, let's try this. (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of times, what's what's cool about Night Versus is Eric, uh, as a drummer, he's very creative and very good at songwriting himself. So, and he doesn't play guitar or anything else. He plays, well, he plays a, he has a, like basically these drum pads that he can put sounds into and he does a lot of Foley type sounds where he'll create, um, sounds from scratch, whether it's like, you know, dropping like a bottle of water into a delay pedal into like a reverb pedal that just Mm. creates this crazy sound and he'll record those sounds into his pads so he can trigger them. Wow. Um, and he's he's way more creative than dropping water bottle, but just for example, like (laughs) he does stuff like that. So he actually has a lot of his own original sounds that he can also contribute as well. So cool. And, uh, yeah. So for me as somebody who, you know, I write a lot of stuff by myself, but you know, that didn't really, 
I, I got better because I've been playing with these guys. So we've been playing together since I was like, you know, 15 years old. And then I'm, uh, you know, in my mid thirties now. And like, basically I've developed a lot of my songwriting perspectives and kind of like goals of song completions based on what we have done together. Um, you know, I've been playing with them for a long time and writing songs with them a long time. So we kind of have a, a pretty good chemistry as far as that stuff goes. And it's really helped me do things outside of that band as well. The other thing, audience, that I want you to pick up on is back when Nick said we're an instrumental band. And four weeks ago on episode 443, I was talking to Blackbach and he plays piano. And we were talking about creating songs with no lyrics. And I taught myself a lesson during that conversation, which is that it's actually more difficult to write a song with no lyrics because you do have to get a message across without the benefit of lyrics. And, and Nick, I'm, I'm hoping that you're going to make me look good and back me up on that. Yeah, I think uh, it, it, can be, it can be challenging. I think it depends on the kind of, you know, song or vibe you're trying to create or like what your goal is. I think for, for us, we always wrote together without a vocalist anyway. Like we just liked writing music and we liked trying to, you know, recreate sounds that we like from our favorite bands and combine different genres and combine mm. different things that we like about music. And uh, we always wrote initially, like, you know, back in the day, like we, we've come from different bands. Like we used to play in t totally different bands, but always together. So we always kind of developed uh -huh. our, you know, chemistry just throughout different bands and just different people that we jammed with and stuff like that. But it was always us three that were uh, doing it. So throughout all of that, you know, we used to have different vocalists and stuff. So we would always write songs with vocal melodies in mind or with vocal like room for singers, mm. like whether it's, you know, putting choruses in or putting uh, specific sections that we might kind of relax on the instrumentation so that a vocalist could come in. Wow. Um, How cool. Things like that. So, so we would keep that stuff in mind. And I think now, now that we know, like we're officially an instrumental band, this is what we do. We don't have a singer. Um, it kind of opens up a lot of room for us to take over melodies. Ah. So whether it's me on guitar doing a melody, like a lead, or maybe like, you know, something more intricate with a chord or Eric, like I was talking about with his drum pad sounds, um, or even bass solos. Like there's a lot of, placement places where we kind of set ourselves up to carry the melodies that would otherwise be for a vocalist on our instruments so cool so cool wow wow and speaking of night verses there's some excitement for the band right now in the form of a new recording project what can you share about that meaning ep album recording at what studio in what city who's the producer maybe a release date a title any of those details yeah, uh, some of those details I have to remain a little vague on, but <laughs> for the most part, um, I could say that we are in the very final stages of finishing the writing for the record. I would say we're like maybe a song out from being completely finished. And, uh, you know, at that point, you know, we've been working on it for a while. Our last record came out in 2018. And I think for a lot of people, that feels like a long time. But for us, we've been writing pretty much like daily for the most part like just coming up with different ideas and we really like to fine-tune everything that we have to the best of our ability before we go record it and uh i i kind of do all of our pre-production and recordings and stuff like that before we go do the real thing so i have a whole bank of songs that no one's heard yet um just stuff that we've been working on and trying to you know make sure we 
try every idea before we decide we're done. And I think we're at that point now. So now the next step is, uh, you know, getting our studio situated. And I think we have done that. Um, we are most likely recording everything with Will Putney, who is uh, the guy who did our last record as well. He's a great producer, great um, mixing engineer and stuff. And he's a guy who really gets what we're about. And mm. I think he's he's always going to be the dude that we consider first when it comes to these types of things, because he's uh, he's just in line with stuff. He's also part of our label, um, Equal Vision. We have a imprint with him called Graphic Nature Recordings and uh, maybe it's Graphic Nature Audio, actually. And he's he's awesome. So I, I hope all that goes as we uh, assume it will. But that's that's most likely what's going to happen. And uh, yeah, I think I think that'll be rad. I think this next record will be probably I, I'm going to say everyone always says says this, but like, I feel like this is, you know, the best place we've been mentally, musically. And mm. I think uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what people think of this one. I feel like if you like our last record, you would still follow the path into this one and it'll it'll make sense. Well, and a new release is always exciting. And I know Twitch is something that lots and lots and lots of people are excited about these days as well. And I'm talking about both the user, meaning the creators and the viewers. But before I have Nick tell us about that and uh, how ironic, because I wouldn't be surprised if in his music recording and or his streaming, he's using an audio interface such as what I want to mention, which is Focusrite, who continues to support the show by sponsoring Now Hear This Entertainment and if you're a streamer, a podcaster, a musician, chances are really good that you're actually using something from in their Scarlet range. I have been extremely happy with the Scarlet 4i4 for podcast recording, but Scarlet is actually the best-selling range of audio interfaces in the world, with more than 4.5 million sold to date. If you have not seen the Studio Bundle, that can be a real one-stop solution for you because in addition to the audio interface, it also comes with a microphone and headphones. The bottom line is, whatever audio project you're doing, you can get at home the same professional studio quality sound by using a Focusrite Scarlett audio interface. On my show website, nhte.net, look for the ad for their Vocaster, which is a new interface specifically for podcasters, and tap or click on that to go over to the Focusrite website and find the scarlet that is best for your needs. The ad that I'm referring to on nhte.net, by the way, is in the right-hand column on desktop or scroll way down on mobile, and you will see that it says Vocaster, tell the world. Nick, this is crazy. As we start digging into Twitch here, let me first share with the audience. Nick has released over 170 songs in the last two years digitally, from what he's doing on that platform. This is fascinating to me. I have so many questions. Do you mind? Yeah, please. Okay. So first, let's do the housekeeping. What is your streaming schedule on Twitch, and how long are the sessions, and how interactive with the viewers are or aren't you? Yeah, so uh, I started streaming in April, right, pretty much right when the pandemic was kind of like starting off. Um, I kind of just decided, you know, I'm doing this anyway, like my full-time you know, situation is just working on music, whether it's recording people or working on my band stuff or my own stuff, whatever. Uh -huh. um, that's where I spent all my time. So I was like, well, I might as well start streaming this. Like, why not? Like, let people be a fly on the wall and what I'm doing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so pretty much my whole process through the last two years, uh, more or less, I would stream Monday through Friday, usually, you know, sometime in the morning around 11 a.m. possibly. And I'm on Pacific time. So 11 a.m. PST. And then uh, 
I'll go for about two to four hours. Wow. And I would try to write a song in the, enti- the entire song in that stream. Okay. So with that stream, I have uh, these things called channel points. And or everyone has channel points on Twitch. And the way that works is each channel can set up how people can spend those points. You accumulate points by spending time watching the stream. So for an audience, they can if they watch the stream for like an hour, I think they get 300 channel points or something like that. And uh, as the, the host, so like my stream, I can dictate how they can spend those points. So for my stream, because it's mostly songwriting based, I will do things where they can suggest uh tunings that i use they can suggest um maybe at a certain point they can sabotage the stream and say i can only use one string (laughs) and one um, or a certain amount of frets or uh you know something like that so or i can have to change the tempo um so i can have moments where people can uh you know dictate how the song kind of goes and um cool Sometimes that is really fun. Sometimes that can get stressful for me because I, <laughs> I'm like, well, shoot, like, how do I, how do I manage this situation now moving forward? But um, it works out and it's fun for everybody. And I think like, as a as a situation for people to kind of you know do it with me as far as writing the songs, then uh, it allows me to kind of have everybody engaged and it's kind of a fun it's a fun atmosphere. I feel. Yeah, you kind of read my mind because when you're talking about the viewers being able to tell you to do different things. I'm thinking, well, he just told us how long he's been doing this. I'm talking about being a musician, not streaming on Twitch. So it's like, okay, at this point in my career, like someone calls out a change like that, like I can probably handle it. But then you go, well, (laughs) or can I? Like I'm not going to bat a thousand. And I think it's also fun, though, in the sense that it does challenge you in a way that you know, as musicians, we all say, like, what can I do to improve? Like, yeah, I can practice every day, but like, what can, what can I do to challenge myself to get better with my guitar playing in this case? So if all of a sudden somebody else is saying, change the tempo or only play with this string, or you're going, oh gosh, okay, this is going to challenge me in a good way that later down the road, you know, yes, it, it could benefit the song you're working on at the time, but it could just benefit your playing in general as your career continues on. Yeah, absolutely. The 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 challenges are definitely welcomed for me because, you know, I otherwise I'm kind of just stuck trying to just use all the ideas I have in my head already that yeah. I've accumulated just throughout time. So when these people suggest stuff, it can definitely send me on different paths that I might not have gotten to otherwise. Yeah. Sometimes for for better or worse, you know, it depends. But <laughs> I think uh, the challenge is, is definitely welcomed and it, it kind of makes me more creative just by default of having to do something I wouldn't naturally do. Okay, but let's stay on this path because I want to talk about the live songwriting sessions because are you going into these completely blind and people are literally getting to see you just create from nothing on the spot or do you come to each live stream with a little prep work already done, meaning some idea that's, you know, quote unquote in the can, so to speak, for what you're going to write about that day? Um, The majority of the time I come in with nothing. So I will come... I will start a session from scratch um, and basically I program drums. I can I usually record bass live or record guitars live. I don't do vocals. Uh, I haven't gotten to that that comfort level yet. But uh, with the music stuff, yeah, I do it all live. And sometimes I, I have an idea the night before, you know, like I, I try to do most of it from scratch, though, because I think it's kind of cool seeing it build from nothing. This is interesting to me, though, because. What I'm starting to think of in my head is you coming on there and saying, okay, well, if you're following me regularly, 
today's another day when I got nothing, so I'm just going to see where this goes. And so I'm wondering, two weeks ago on the show, Terry Jo Box talked about how being a songwriter, she gets people that try to pitch her song ideas or lyric ideas and stuff like that and how clumsy that all that whole messy thing gets. And, you know, you're starting to get into, like, does this person want a co-writing credit? Like, what about the copyright, all that? So is that a concern if you throw it out there? Hey, folks, welcome to my stream. I'm Nick DePiro, and today I'm going to write a song. You're going to see me do it live. I got nothing. I'm just going to kind of, and all of a sudden, somebody lunges in with, oh, well, why don't you do this? And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, boy, oh, gosh, this person wants to co-write the song with me. Um, I don't think it becomes an issue. I think people kind of view it as like, we're all just kind of a community. And nice. I think it's kind of, uh, it's a pretty, while it is somewhat collaborative, I think they don't expect to be part of that. However, there is something I do on there that is sort of basically exactly this situation where I'll actually write a drum beat. I do this about once a month and I'll write a drum beat that's about maybe a minute worth of uh, beats, I should say. So it's multiple beats, but about a minute worth of drums. Uh-huh. And I will pick a tempo and a key and I send this beat or the series of beats to my Discord, which is a uh, Discord, if you don't know, is basically a chat message board situation that is kind of your own. So like I have my own Discord where all these people from Twitch can go and sort of hang out online. And uh, that's where I update on my schedule. That's where I update on, you know, any kind of random stuff I have going on. I have multiple threads in there and I have one in there that's a drum challenge thread. So I send a drum beat to the discord and I have them all write. Whoever wants to participate, I have them all write to the same beat in the same tempo in the same key. Hmm. And then I have them all send me their ideas like with all their DI tracks. So all their like recordings without any tones on it, just purely the, the raw guitars or bass or whatever they do. And I have them send me all of their ideas. I build a session out. That has all of our ideas in there. So it'll be like so the most the most I've had, I think, so far is about 10 people. So I take 10 people's different ideas. I space them all out in a session mm. and I listen to them for the first time on the stream live. So everyone, we all experience it ah. together. And then I take bits and pieces of all of these ideas and I make a new song out of it. And wow. since everybody's in the same key and tempo, it all works How technically. Cool. right? How cool. So. So it's a lot of fun for me in that way because I'm not really writing a song from my ideas. I'm kind of taking sort of a producer standpoint and sort of taking all these different things uh, and creating something new out of it. Yeah. And I also I contribute my own ideas as well. And a lot of it can switch up. You know, it's not like I'm using entire sections from everybody. I'll take like portions of riffs or whatever. I might take somebody's rhythms and put somebody else's lead on top of it. Things like that. How cool is this audience, huh? Is this so fascinating? Wow, wow. If that's not a commercial for joining Nick on one of his live streams to see what he's doing, I, I don't know what a better way to lure people in because it's fascinating to me. And, and I'm sure, by the way, that Nick is truly grateful for everyone who gives up time to watch his live streams on Twitch. And, and same with me. I really want everyone out there to know how much I appreciate you listening to Now Hear This Entertainment, presumably week in and week out, month after month, right? I, I know there's a lot, a lot more out there to listen to. So the time you give to this show really means a lot to me. I do hope, by the way, that you're also listening to a show that I have not mentioned in quite some time. But if you've been with me long enough, you know that I have talked about it here and there. And the latest episode will definitely appeal to those of you who are sports fans. The worst marathon of all time, a boxing match marred by scandal and a World Series that never happened. 1904 was a bad year for sports. 
and in three episodes, Stuart Barefoot will explore those events for his sports storytelling podcast, Obscure Ball. That's all one word. Chapter one of Circa 1904 is now available on ObscureBallPod.com, or just search for, again, this is all one word, just search for Obscure Ball almost anywhere you listen to podcasts. Nick, I said that from the Twitch sessions, you have released over 170 songs in the last two years digitally. Are you using every song from every live stream, or do you pick which songs will be released and which will be left in the past, so to speak? Is there a timeline for when you want to release a quote-unquote Twitch album, or is it just just when I have the time, really? Or how does all that play out? Yeah, so I try. I was very consistent for the last uh, two years or so. This specific year, I got a little sidetracked because of Night Versus trying to finish our record, also Head Cave, and just other various things I've been working on. So I haven't been as like steady with this, but up to this point, basically what I was doing is every first Friday of the month, I was releasing... Um, whatever I did the previous month. So in July, if I wrote 10 songs, I would release on uh, the first Friday of August, I would release all of those songs. So I was steadily, you know, I'd put out, you know, once once a month, I would have a release from the Twitch sessions. And all of the stuff I released would be everything that I wrote on the stream. And occasionally, if I wrote other songs outside of the stream that were not for anything specific, just something I wrote, I might toss those on too. Hmm. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, all the songs that are on the Twitch sessions are all from songs I wrote on Twitch Live. Okay, last Twitch question, I promise. Hopefully. <laughs> Talk to us about the technical aspects, meaning you're live streaming on Twitch. How is that audio being captured? And then how much post-production work goes into taking those recordings and working on them for eventual release like you've done with the 170 songs that I've mentioned a few times now. And I guess for that matter, what are you using for post-production, mixing plugins, adding anything to them? Yeah. So to start, you actually mentioned it earlier. I do use the Focusrite Scarlet. <laughs> I use the Scarlet Solo. So I have the most simple interface and I could not recommend that one enough to people. It is really just so easy to use. But uh, nice. I use that for my recordings. I've used this thing for years. And um I basically, it's kind of complicated. I run two computers to do the stream. So, well, actually, I take that back. It's not complicated, but you need a couple things to make it easy. So I basically take my Mac, which I use for audio, and I use Logic as my DAW recording program. Um, I record everything into Logic, and then I take all of my my whole Logic, my whole, uh, sorry, my whole Mac computer, I send all of that to a PC and the PC actually handles the whole stream with all the camera work and like the the actual stream itself. So all the overlays, everything like that is all handled by the PC and all the audio is from my Mac. And then I send that to Twitch. And so the reason why I do that is because I used in the very beginning, I used to just use my Mac and it was kind of a tedious like situation. Honestly, I don't even remember how I did it, but it required a lot of uh, trial and error and a lot of trying to figure out how to map all the audio from logic into OBS. And it was kind of a, mm. it was kind of a complicated situation that I didn't really understand. And it, I had issues with it. So I talked to a friend who was a more successful established streamer and he suggested getting a second computer and running it all through that. Mm. And that changed everything. So if anyone out here listening, if you're trying to stream music, I highly, highly recommend getting a PC to do the stream, getting two interfaces. So I run 
I use the Scarlet on my computer for the Mac, and that outputs into another interface that's hooked up to my PC. And uh, that's the setup, more or less. So that's how I do that. And then um, while I'm doing the streams, I'm sort of like half mixing in the process mm. of doing this. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my a lot of my tones, a lot of the things I use are already built out. So like I already have presets for okay. for my guitar, for bass, for drums. I already have all these things kind of ready to go. Okay. And uh, so as I'm writing, you know, I'm kind of keeping in mind what I'm doing for future reference. You know, the last final touches I'll do sort of the last week of the month. And I'll, I'll do that live as well, which uh, is just kind of like a mixing stream. So I'll show people how, you know, I, my mixing process for these songs and like what I do for that uh, live as well. So they, they see the process of writing and then they see the final touches that I put on the mix. And then I usually do some artwork for it and uh, I'll release it, you know, that same week, more or less. Uh, that's kind of the time frame. Wow. And then, um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of this whole sort of machine of a process. Like it's it's. <laughs> It's kind of it's pretty consistent. Um, like I said, I, I've eased off a little bit as far as like the consistency of releasing, just because I've just been busy, like you know, f- on other music projects that I can't stream. Like I, I don't want to stream the Night versus stuff that much because I want people to like sure. you know hear it for the first time. Otherwise, but uh, yeah, so that it's it's been a lot of fun though, and it's cool having all these songs kind of under my belt. You know, it's helped me a lot with my own songwriting outside of Twitch. It's helped me, you know, I, some of these ideas. Uh, for the people who have been following on Twitch, you know, they they're going to hear some of these ideas in different contexts in Night Versus and in Head Cave. Um, some of the stuff that I write on there, I end up using in these bands. But because, you know, I have other members, they change up the parts a little bit. So you might hear the same riff, but with a different oh, beat or a different true, baseline. True. So uh, some of these things you'll, you know, you'll get again in a different way, which is kind of cool to me because... You know, if you're if you're there the whole time, you're going to get like sort of a surprise when you hear the the record. And uh, not a lot of stuff was used, but I would say a, a decent amount to where there's some very identifiable moments that were standout moments for me when I did them on Twitch, where I was like, oh, damn, like this is this is good enough that I could use this in Night Versus mm. and I'm going to send it to them afterwards. And I, I would and they would be stoked and then we'd use the part. And now it's in permanently in one of the songs okay but let's back up though because the band aside i think it's really cool i want to make sure i take a minute to take my hat off to you because i think it's really cool that you had the vision to tell yourself at some point all right wait a minute yes i'm going to have to do some post-production on these songs before i release them as my batch of songs that i did last month on twitch but i love that you had the foresight to say let me try to automate some of this stuff and do some presets and save myself some work. Yes, I'm going to do more post-production later before I release these, but I love that you decided, let me save myself some of that work by just putting it all in place as I'm doing it on Twitch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's that's kind of the best part about recording what they call like in the box, which means I'm not miking amps, I'm not miking drums. I'm, it's, everything's just in my computer. So because of that, you know, there's not as much... Uh, room for error as far as the tones they're kind of just are what they are so i can save them i can recall them at any point it's very helpful in that way um and i also want to say too on top of this like i know 170 songs seems like ridiculous and it kind of is like i didn't (laughs) and i didn't try to do that on purpose it just kind of happened but i do try my best like to write the best stuff i can in the moment of writing it like I am, I do try to spend the time to like craft, you know, ideas that I, I can stand behind. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though it ended up being a lot of songs, like it's never, you know, quantity over quality for me. 
So I try to write songs that people would enjoy or that I, you know, that I enjoy first and foremost. But um, so that's kind of what that process is. And then you mentioned the 20 song compilation I did. So basically I take all of I listen through all the songs that I did in the year on Twitch and I pick my favorite 20 songs from all of those. Uh, so essentially what you get on Spotify and other digital places that are not Bandcamp, uh, I have two different compilations on there. One is from 2020, one is from 2021. And uh, those are essentially like, quote unquote, like the greatest hits of what I feel are my yeah. Twitch songs, like my favorite ones. Yeah. And uh, that's what that is. So I like it. Yeah, that's kind of that whole process. I like it. I like it. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the greater Los Angeles area by musician Nick DePiro. Wow, lots of places to find him online. On the show page for this episode at nhte.net, I will put a link to Nick's official Instagram account so you can join the more than 31,000 currently following him there. At the time of this recording, there is a link tree on his Instagram, and that will give you a whole list of other destinations to engage. His YouTube channel, which you heard me say in the intro, has over a quarter of a million combined video views. Plus, there are entries on the link tree for his channel on Twitch that you've been hearing us talk about. So you can check out his live streams. You can also get to his music on Bandcamp, iTunes, Spotify. And, of course, you will want to check out the two bands that he plays in, Night Versus and Headcave, as well. Speaking of links, this was in my weekly e-newsletter on August 17th, and I did social media posts about it, too. But in case you didn't see any of that, go to my show website, nhte.net and in the right hand column on desktop or by scrolling way down on mobile look for the block of social media icons and click or tap over to youtube where you will see an unboxing video that i made for the replacement ear pads sent to me by Deconi audio if you are a gamer a podcaster a musician look if you wear headphones These folks have something I've just gotten so excited about. You're going to see it in the video. You'll see me showing how the, let's call it pleather, was peeling off of my headphones. And voila, instead of having to get new headphones, I was able to just replace the ear pads. And oh, by the way, they became so much more comfortable, which is huge for when you're in long gaming sessions or recording sessions. Heck, I've even been wearing these now on airplanes to watch movies because they're so comfortable and do a great job of blocking out noise around me. Tap or click on the Deconi Audio logo on nhte.net to go see about replacement pads specific to the brand and model headphones you have, or just use the link that I have in the description of the unboxing video on YouTube. Nick, before all that, I was asking you about what you're using for post-production work on the songs you read on Twitch, but let's talk about your main tool, which is your guitar, or I should say guitars plural. Share with us about all that you play. Yeah, so uh, I primarily play Music Man and Abbasi Concepts guitars. Um, I have a six, seven, and eight string guitar from Music Man. Um, I play the John Petrucci currently, John Petrucci models, and they're awesome. Uh, I've been playing them for about three or four years now I think and they just recently released the eight string so I've been kind of diving into that a bit more and what I like most about these guitars at least the ones I have are they uh sorry they all have piezo pickups or piezo pickups I don't really know the proper way to say that word but it's a p-i-e-z-o so I always say piezo I don't know but that pickup basically makes your guitar sound acoustic and it's really cool because 
you know, as you're playing electric guitar, you can just hit a switch and now you can sort of sound acoustic, which is it's a really cool tone to have kind of in the arsenal of, uh, you know, creative soundscapes and stuff. So I love diving into those um, for that tone and the eight string especially. And then the Abbasi guitar, uh, it's just a different beast than the other eight string. Like they're both I, they're both eight string guitars, but the Abbasi it's just it's different so i play that one a lot um a lot of the head cave stuff i've done has used that guitar and uh they're great instruments you know tosin abasi plays guitar and animals as leaders and that's his guitar company so he being like you know an amazing guitar player that he is he created an instrument that is like one of the best like guitars that you can play because it's set up so perfectly for someone who can kind of like access the entire fretboard and stuff. So I very much enjoy playing that guitar and I've, I've used it live several times. And, uh, yeah, so I, I love both of the instruments. The six string I would say is probably my main kind of core element of guitar playing to me. Like that's what I kind of base my whole perspective of guitar playing around is okay. a six string in drop C. And so when I play these other guitars, I tune them in open tunings as well. Um, so basically, like my six string, for example, I tune to drop C, but I drop the top two strings, the two highest strings, I drop them down a whole step. Mm. So I have three octaves of C. So it's C, G, C, F, G, C, which allows me to kind of, you know, bounce around uh, the open strings a lot and have a lot of harmonics to kind of use. And um, it gives me some interesting chord shapes and stuff. So I've been using that tuning for a long time. And I transfer that same kind of concept to the other guitars. So my seven string, I tune what I call A dead, which is uh, A-E-A-D-E-A-D. <laughs> so I also have multiple octaves of A and E. And then on the eight string, I take that one step farther and I have four octaves of F. So that goes even, that's a low tuning. So that's like F, C, F, A sharp, C sharp, F, C, F. Mm. And so the top three strings like the highest three strings are the same setup as the bottom three strings, just an octave higher. So it really creates like kind of a freedom for me in the sense of, you know, I'm not tied to standard tuning chords. I'm not tied yeah. to the same scales that everybody else would use just by default. So it kind of allows me some flexibility and a little bit more creativity. I feel by using these open tunings and uh, I, I love it. That's how I've been playing guitar like that for years. So open tunings are just kind of always uh, going to make sense to me in that way. More than standard, actually. So since we're getting into talking about gear, I mentioned in the intro that you are a Blackstar Amplifiers artist. Can you share with us how that relationship came to be and how it has been beneficial to you? Yeah, I love Blackstar. Um, I've been playing them for, man, maybe seven or eight, maybe even longer now. I would say eight years at least. But uh, I did a tour with night versus in the uk a long time ago and we were playing with a band that was using black star and i was like damn like that tone sounds really good and i was like talking to a guitar player about it and he was like oh yeah it's just black star amps he's like i'll you know you should hit them up like they're really cool whatever so i actually just emailed uh the uk rep out there and just talked to him about how next time we're out there i would like to try using uh. black star amps like as a backline and he was totally cool with it. So the next time we were out there, I met up with him, went to the, the office out there. They set me up with the rig and I used it for that entire tour. And I was like, man, I don't want to use anything else now. So <laughs> I, uh, I was like, how can I get this in the U S? And so he connected me with Lauren 
who has been the man, one of my favorite people and uh, such a cool rep. And he's been so black star as a company and him included have been awesome to me. They have treated me so well. And, uh, you know, they always have my back, provide me with whatever I need as far as, you know, stuff on tour or before tour. Um, you know, I'm always, uh, interested in trying any new products they have. So black star, I love black star. I back them fully. Um, I think the, you know, the cool thing about that company is they're very innovative and I feel like for an amp company, it's very easy to just kind of just exist and just, I, we make tube amps and that's just what we do. Yeah. But Blackstar actually, you know, they're constantly trying to figure out what's next for amps. I feel so mm -hmm. they have a lot of, uh, digital options as well. So the, the head that I'm currently using is the St. James, which is, they just released this recently and it's basically, it's a head that you either can use with a cab or without a cab. You can plug straight into the house or you can plug straight into your computer. You can use it as an interface. So you actually, technically you could only use the head. You don't even need an interface. You can just go straight into your computer USB out of the head. Um, mm. You can also do both. So live, I'm actually using the amp on stage with a cab and also going into the house system. So I have two different tones essentially live uh. because of that. So. It's really cool. It's very versatile. Like I, I've been stoked on that head. So yeah, they're, they're a great company. I'm stoked to, to be playing their stuff. Well, and speaking of Blackstar Amps, they had you out to the NAMM show in Anaheim. Yes. Yeah. How, how was the show for you? Um, I love NAMM. That actually was a very interesting NAMM as well. Cause it was the first one I believe since the pandemic. So I think there's a couple adjustments that they made. There is a lot less people there and a lot less kind of uh companies there as well so the space was actually kind of nice because like it was less congested so you could actually walk around and like not feel like you're you know bumping into people the whole time which i thought was pretty cool and it gave me a, a chance to spend more time at some of the booths versus like scrambling to see everything in one weekend you know so uh that was nice and yeah i enjoyed it i got to uh you know my companies that i work with were all right next to each other so i kind of got to hang out with uh you know the ernie ball booth and black star um, a bossy, we were all right by each other. So that was nice. Um, got to see some pretty cool guitar players kind of shredding at different booths. I played a little bit at, uh, at Blackstar and a little bit at the Abasi booth. Um, but yeah, I always enjoy going to NAMM. I think it's, you know, the best place to kind of see a lot of friends that I wouldn't get to see normally because people fly in for that. So I see people I've met on tour or just whatever different company reps and stuff that, yeah. I mostly just talk to you on the internet, so it was, it's, it's always fun. <laughs> and for those of you out there that don't know what NAM is, A, that's all right. B, your friend Bruce is going to help you out. I will tell you that it stands for National Association of Music Merchants, but I will put a link on the show page for this episode at nhte.net so you can go back and listen to episode 425. I interviewed Joe Lamond, who is the president and CEO of NAM, so you will find out everything that you want to know about what that organization is. I'm curious, Nick, how do you balance all the different hats that you wear between the live streams on Twitch and playing with two bands, not to mention other stuff that you're probably doing that we haven't even talked about? How have you been successful in keeping everything moving forward? Well, I think it starts with I just love music. So I love spending all of my time as much as possible working on different things. Uh, you know, I'm very fortunate that I have a setup that allows me to, you know, loudly play my music and uh <laughs> create music and you know i don't have any any issues there so that's cool um but as far as you know just keeping it moving i think uh you know on the end of night versus you know like i said before it's very collaborative so they kind of keep me inspired all the time 
and uh, Head Cave is a very different outlet for me because in Night Versus, it's very collaborative in Head Cave. I kind of write all of the music myself, and it's a way for me to do some of the stuff that I wouldn't really do in Night Versus. Like, I, I love heavy music. I love metal. I love trying to be as, you know, over the top and gnarly as possible with heavy riffs and stuff like that. But I also love prog and melodic and like kind of trippy music. So I combine that in Night Versus a lot. But in Head Cave, I kind of just go all out with the heavy and just like it's all eight string songs. It's all just, you know, very specific goals with that band. And uh, I work with a vocalist and a drummer in that band that I also respect a lot. The vocalist is great and he's able to kind of actually do all of his own recordings and his own mixing on his end. So it's a very fun project to work on because I can write entire songs. I can send them to the vocalist. I can send them to the drummer. They do their parts, send it back to me, and we have a finished product. So that whole situation is just the most simple it could be. And then uh, everything else I do, I mean, you know, Twitch is fun for me. I think it's a, it's a way for me to experiment. It's a way for me to do things that I might not do with either of these other bands. And uh, it's kind of you know, it's exciting to write live. I think having people watching me and getting immediate gratification or immediate response is kind of an interesting situation because otherwise I'm just by myself or, you know, with my bands. Um, so when I'm writing to people who would otherwise be the, you know, listeners of my bands or presumably like they they're sort of responding to stuff as I'm doing it. So if I write a riff and they're stoked, that inspires me to like, continue with it you know versus like i might question it myself in a different way and then maybe go somewhere else with it um it's just different yeah and so yeah bottom line i feel like you know just loving what i do i think is the the foundation of why i can do it all the time in a minute we're gonna be having you talk about a head cave song but first that band is finishing up some new songs heading into its fourth ep just like you did early in our conversation with the new night versus project what all can you share about this upcoming Head Cave release? A date for it, a title, where that one is being recorded, who's producing it, and so on. Yeah, so Head Cave, uh, we do have some new music, new music that we're working on. I think we'll be releasing something, hopefully by the end of the year, is our goal right now. Um, and that project is very, I guess, DIY. Uh, I do a lot of the recordings myself with the vocalist. We we will mix our songs together. And we release our music independently like that. So we're not on a label. We don't have any team. It's just us three. And uh, the cool thing with that is we have ultimate freedom and flexibility to do anything we want at any time that we want. So a lot of times, you know, with that that project, we've kind of just released an EP out of nowhere. So we'll tell people maybe like a week before the EP is coming out this Friday <laughs> and we just drop it. And there's no like, you know, we don't have to wait on like a schedule of other releases. Mm. We just do what we want. So, you know, pros and cons to that, you know, we learn from certain things that we do and we also, it's kind of an experiment in some ways for us because we all come from other bands. Like the drummer Tanner, he, he plays in In Flames, which is like a massive metal band. Uh, Nick uh, Jumeni is the, the singer. He plays, he used to play in a band called My Ticket Home, who I actually met touring with Night Versus and that's how I know him. So we've all kind of done the band thing for a long time and it kind of allows us in this project to be like, you know, let's try this, let's try that. There's no repercussions, really. It's just our own situation. Um, but yeah, so with that one, I would say 
probably towards the end of the year, we'll be releasing another batch of songs. And I would say this time, if you've ever heard Head Cave and you know any of our music, we've kind of uh, developed sort of a sound, I feel, on the last two releases. And the first one, so I'll try to quickly backtrack this. The first EP I actually wrote by myself before it was Head Cave. Mm. And I wrote it. I wrote those songs to be the craziest riffs that I could write at the time. <laughs> just just because. And so I released that as like my own thing. And then Nick, the vocalist, sent me a song that he just wrote over. He was like, I, I decided to sing over this. What do you think? And I was like, yo, this is sick. We have to make this. This has to be a band. Like, this is too good. So then I, I had, so then he wrote over the rest of those songs. And that was the first EP was just that. So then everything after that, I wrote knowing that he was the vocalist. And uh, I wrote knowing what this project could sound like. Okay. And so now I would say this, this new EP that we're working on, I'm kind of taking it back to the first one. And I want it to be a little more riffed out and a little bit more, you know, crazy in that way. Um, but still obviously with the head cape sound that we have, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of how that project is. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to close today with one of Head Cave's songs, one called The Lies We Choose. Nick, before I let you go and I play that track, share with the audience all about this song, if you would, please. Yeah. So Lies We Choose is my favorite song that we've done to date. Um, it's from our second EP. It's not our newest song, but it's my favorite one. And uh, for whatever reason, it just kind of captures all of the elements of Head Cave. I feel like Nick wrote a great chorus. All of his vocals on the song are some of my favorite. And it's just kind of an easy song to listen to. I think for any genre or any fan of uh, any metal genre, I think you would you'd be down with that song as far as the nothing's too eccentric on either end. It kind of just all around works, in my opinion. And um, yeah, I think that's a good representation of Head Cave. And if you dig that song, you would most likely dig any of the other ones we have. And folks, this is awkward timing that I just throw this in randomly here, but you know that when last week's episode came out, I was in Dallas, and I just thought of a funny little something that I want to pass along that happened while I was there. But first, Nick, let me say thank you to you. been really great having you on Now Here This Entertainment. So much cool stuff that you shared with us today, so I appreciate you making time to be on the show. Of course. Thank you for having me. appreciate it. You bet. You bet. And with that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to guitarist Nick DePiro. Again, connect with him online through lots of options, starting with the link that I'm going to put on the show page for this episode at nhte.net to his official Instagram account. Then use the link in bio there to get onto Nick's link tree to head to all kinds of other landing spots. Get on his official YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button. And of course, be sure to watch and like the videos on there. Similarly, Twitch is where you can see him do live songwriting and streaming. Remember that you can get releases that Nick has put out from those sessions, including the 20-track release from the beginning of this year that we mentioned. Get his music, and this is all on the link tree, from Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify. And of course, check out the two bands that he plays with, Night Versus and Head Cave. Be sure to let Nick know that you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that in addition to getting at the link to Nick's official Instagram account, I have a great reason for you to punch up my show website, nhte.net. Not only can you listen to this show there or find links to other platforms to hear it on or find my social media links, but there is a box to put your email address in to get the weekly e-newsletter that I send out each Wednesday. Do that so you get information about the latest podcast episode as well as other goings on. 
Here's what I was referring to. I was at the event in Dallas, and I was able to put a face to a name, and all I could think of was, oh, that's the person who bombards me with emails all the time. So trust me, folks, I will only send to you once a week. And that's going to do it for episode 447. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with a song by Headcave. This is the one Nick just talked about. It's called The Lies We Choose. I've seen faith disappearing. Never question my energy unless you go. Unless you go. I'll ask faith disappearing. Never trusted my enemies unless you go. Yeah, I'm